Good morning. I am so thankful that Jesus gave us this day. Even as a little child, that that first song, yes, it has always been my my favorite song. We're not guaranteed every day that we have. That's right. Um, but we should use the days that we do have. Amen. I'm going to tell you a few stories today. Um, the first story is going to come out of Genesis chapter 19. The second story comes out of Luke chapter 24. Both stories have to deal with two angels. Both stories have to deal with God's judgment. And then I'm going to tell you a third story. Something God showed me this week when I was in Alabama. Usually, I, I'll be honest. I like going after the easy scripture, the scripture about joy and love and hope. But it's so often in this world that we lose loved ones just like that. And if we would have tried just a little bit harder and witnessed to them, they might have gone to heaven. Instead of hell. So today's message is judgment day will come for everyone. And it's really two places you could go. There is no gray. You could go to heaven or you could go to hell. Now in the Old Testament, it wasn't as easy as it is in the New Testament. So if you turn to chapter 19, and I want to start in verse 27. Verse 27, Genesis chapter 19. And the word says, And Abraham went early in the morning to a place where he had stood before the Lord. Then he looked towards Sodom and Gomorrah and towards all the land of the plain. And he saw, and behold, the smoke of the land, which went up like the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain. And God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrown when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. Let's turn to Luke chapter 24, verse 1. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, just like with Abraham, they and certain other women with them 
came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened, and they were greatly perplexed. And this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of the sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as I come here today to preach your word, Lord, I just ask you to speak through me. This is your message. This is your word. Lord, you have so much to teach us, and we might not have that much time to learn, that we're not guaranteed every day. Lord, when Lot went out to look for who's his one, all he had was his two daughters when he left that city. Lord, we have so many on the board today of who's our one. Our most loved ones. When we had to think of only one name of someone that we would like to see in heaven to lead to you, Jesus, these are the names that we gave you. Lord, I pray on these names that we have time to pray for them, that we have time to witness to them, that we have time to invite them to church, that they have time to give their lives to you, Jesus. So that when they have stand before you and you open that book of the Lamb, Lord, that you see their names written in that book and they go to heaven and not to hell. Lord, I just ask you to bless this word that I preach today, that it's your word and not mine. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. When I look at these names, we actually probably over have over 50. I think I counted them. There is over 50 names on this board. When Abraham had a conversation with God, and God was telling Abraham how he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, the first thing that Abraham said, he said, Abraham, it said, far in chapter 19, verse 25, Far be it from you to do such a, a thing, to slay the righteous, soon be as the wicked, for be it from you shall not judge of all the earth do right. So Abraham was looking at all these people, and there was a lot of people in Samar, Sodom and Gomorrah, and he was like, there has to be righteous people in there. And so... In this first story, Abraham is talking with God and he's saying, okay, let me find 50. 
And we could think about the same thing. We could, I mean, it doesn't have to be Sodom and Gomorrah. It could be Robinson County. Let me find 50. Yeah. And the question is, could we find 50 before tomorrow morning? But then Abraham went on and he dropped it down to, what about five less? Could I, what if there was 45? Would you save the city? But he didn't stop there. He went to 40. Then he went to 30. Then he went to 20. And then he went to 10. Is there 10 people we could go out and share the word of Jesus that would follow Lot? But we know what happens in the story. Even when the two angels came down into Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot had to really invite them into the house. He was afraid that what they might do to the two angels. And then even in the morning, all the men came to Lot's house and, and they were trying to get the two angels. And when it all was said and done, the two angels blinded the men outside and Lot was only able to escape with his two daughters. Just his two daughters. If the world were to end tomorrow, how many would we escape with? There's so many names up there that we love, that we cherish, that we have been praying for every single night. Is there more that we could do? Because you know what? I care about every single person on this board. And I love every single person on this board. And sometimes I come up here and I pray for those that are on this board. It would be so great to have all these people in our church every Sunday to celebrate, to worship the Lord with us. Yes. yes. Amen. These are the people we picked. And it's almost like in the scripture, I don't know, only the two, the two daughters of Lot were able to make it out. And you know, when I first thought about the scripture, I was more focused on the verse before that I read about Lot's wife. Even though Lot's wife did escape, she, she looked back on sin. And because she looked back, she was turned into a pillar of salt. And I think so often we look back on our sins. That even though we have given our life to the Lord, we still dwell on the sins that we've committed. And, you know, at first I was thinking, you know, I just really wanted to go deep into how we should never look back on sin. However, that's not what happened. I had an opportunity to see a story. And I want you to think about this story. And this story happens so often. That when I walked into the first room of this story, I saw children 
sitting at desks at school was an awesome teacher, a teacher that cared so much about those children. And they were talking about, so where are you going to be when you grow up? And this was a career class. And one said, you know what? I'm going to be a professional basketball player. He has such a dream to be able to go on and maybe play within the NBA. Another child, um, their dad was a carpenter. And talked about how that they might be go on to, to take over the family business. And then the teacher looked to one of the students and said, what about you? Your father is a pastor. Now, the student felt kind of called out. You could tell she was a little upset that, that the teacher called on her. But the teacher went on and talked about how, you know, she spent so much time in the church and, and learned a lot of different things. It was kind of an awkward moment for that one student. But in the next room I walked in, I saw something different. I saw them all sitting down eating lunch. And one of the girls that was in the class walked up to that daughter of the preacher and said, can you tell me about Jesus? And she told the story about Jesus. Said that, you know, we're not perfect. All we have to do is believe and have faith. And that girl in that lunchroom gave her life to Jesus. It was so beautiful. I was like, yes. And they were so excited about it that, you know what they did? They started walking around talking to other students. And this one student, his name was Mark, he got so mad, he slammed the table. He said, stop talking about Jesus. We shouldn't have to hear what you have to say about Jesus in our school. I mean, he was irate. I even jumped a little. I was like, oh, my Lord, I feel uncomfortable. But it happens so often within our schools. And that girl went home, was about ready to go to sleep in the next room. Her parents came in, and she asked her parents about, are you saved? And the parents, they weren't saved. They actually kind of changed the subject. Even said, you know what, mom, dad, I would like to go to church on Sunday. I want to be able to to learn more about Jesus. And the parents were like, we'll talk about that. And they said, well, you got to test tomorrow. You need to study. Go ahead and get some sleep. That morning, she texted her friend. She said, oh, I'm so excited about going to school today. I'm going to go to our, our, Christ, our Jesus club, and, and I'm going to learn more about Jesus. What time is our meeting? And they were planning And then we moved from that room into the next room. And all of a sudden, before we walked into that next room, we saw the TV. There's been a shooting 
at the Albertsville High School. And when we walked into that next room, we saw the medics, we saw the cops, and the cop was like, Mark had a gun, so I, I shot him. So all of a sudden, the two girls, the one that led the other girl, was there on the ground, dying. And then passed away. The teacher tried to protect the students and ended up getting shot in the process and passed away. And then Mark, the one that decided to shoot up the school, something that's happened so often in our nation, even the work that I have done, I have been on school grounds when the school has been locked down. I was at school on February 13th. And on February 14th, that same school in the gym, a student shot another student. Twice I've been on the school where they found a gun. And, and I was sitting in that room and I was thinking, you know, there used to be a time in our lives that we wouldn't even think about this. That we felt safe when our children went to school. It's just like Sodom and Gomorrah. It just happened like that. Sin. So I went to that next room. And now I was, I was touched. I was shooken up. And I was thinking about it. The person that invited me, Coach Rayner, he just said, hey, Dom, why don't you come out to Judgment Day? I said, I'll come. And he said something to me. He said, you know what? We have 1,800 people that walk through Judgment Day every year to see the same story I'm telling you right now. And I was thinking all those students that just saw what I've seen. And sometimes we try to protect our students. But when I went into that next room, there was a podium just like this. And there was a person playing God and there was the book of the Lamb. And that first girl that had witnessed to that other girl, her name was in that book. And she went to heaven. That teacher, even though she tried to protect those students and even talked about church, her name was not in that book. And just like Mark, she went to hell. Now the girl that just gave her life to Jesus, not even 24 hours before the shooting, was amazed that she was able to go to heaven. Just because of that choice. That next room we went into, they said, you know, children, you... You don't have to go in, in this one. But all the children went in. And it kind of showed the scene of what hell looks like. And how the devil wants us to go to hell. And everything he did. And, and he's sitting there talking to Mark. And Mark didn't really want to be there. But Mark, he said, devil told him, you fell in my trap. I tricked you. 
I got you to say those things. And it happens so often. But that next room was heaven. And that was a beautiful room. They had some great music and they were all welcome into a great place. And I'm thinking, this story was so simple that we really only have Two choices, heaven or hell. Now, this last part of my sermon, I have two questions for you. The first question is, are you saved? Very simple question. Are you saved? The second question, are you sure you're saved? Those were the same two questions that that pastor asked to us when we went into that last room. And when I was thinking about this, when we think about why we don't get saved, some of us think that we need to get our lives right before we could get saved. And I'm telling you what, the devil wants you to think that. He wants you to be able to, to fix your life. So I was thinking there's, in my, in my mind, there's probably three main ones. First one's love. You might be in a situation where you're living with someone. You're shacking. I guess that's what they call it here. They call it different things over in Washington State. You're shacking. You love each other. But you know what? It's like our society, it's created this system where they made it so hard to get married. That it costs so much money. We have to go into so much planning. It's like all these worldly things that if they would have just said, you know what? Let's get married. But it's almost like the devil wants it to be hard for you to get married. And before you know it, you've been living together for three, four, five, six, seven years. Just shocking. Probably the only reason why you haven't got married is just because you haven't been able to afford it. And I think about that so often. You know me, when I, when I fell in love with my wife, it, it was like that first weekend in November. We were married by December 22nd. And it's been 23, 24 years. Yes, I didn't have this huge fancy wedding. My mom couldn't fly all the way out from Washington State. I mean, there was a lot of things I sacrificed, but you know what? I didn't want to be shacking. I didn't want to be living in sin every day that something happened, then all of a sudden I have to face the consequences. I had just given my life to Jesus that November, and I was going to do what was right. The second reason I think of is revenge. A lot of times we don't get saved because there's so much hate and anger in our lives that someone's out there has done us wrong, and we think it's just not fair. And if we look at the word of God, we even have to forgive those people. Even if Mark would have survived, 
What would you feel like if we put his name on this board? That's a hard thing for some people to grasp. That God's mercy is for everyone. Amen. Everyone, even Mark. That when it comes time, all we have to do is believe. Give our life to Jesus. In education, I, I hear it sometimes, and it's just like, just like the Bible, you know. They, they want to say, well, I have to be able to teach these skills before they could actually learn grade level stuff. It's almost like they're going back and teaching stuff they should have learned in second and third and fourth grade and the students in 10th grade. And I walk into a classroom and the teacher is still giving them a spelling test because they can't spell. And when I'm looking... I see the standards not being taught at all. It's almost like wherever we go, it's like some people, we don't want to give them the job because they don't have the basic skills. But to be honest, most of the time we learn while we're working. We learn while we're reading. And we learn when we're walking with Jesus. It's not until Jesus is within our hearts that he could actually start molding us. You know what? Maybe you are shacking with someone. That shouldn't stop you from getting saved. Maybe you might think, well, maybe I need to stop using my spouse or my significant other and actually make a commitment to God that I will love this person for the rest of my life. Nothing's wrong with that. The last one is addiction. And I think a lot of, a lot of people struggle with addictions. Yes. I used to struggle with addictions. I mean, I used to smoke those cigarettes, pack or two a day. But since my pastor at the time, he also smoked, I didn't think too much of it. But <laughs> um, But there's a lot of addictions out there that they think they could fix it. When it would be so much easier if they just gave it to the Lord. It's not going to happen in one day. It's not like all of a sudden you come to the altar, you give your life to Jesus, and tomorrow you're no longer addicted. But he's there with you every second of the day to help you, to tell you don't, to tell you to get help. So we have a choice today. The last choice has to do with that person that rose from the grave. When Abraham went to that that plane, it was destroyed. There were dead bodies. But when those ladies went to that tomb, no one was there. That we no longer needed that judgment of the wrath of God. That all we need now is just to believe. To believe in Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed the message today. 
And if you happen to not have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, we want to invite you to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It's as simple as the ABCs. If you would admit that you are a sinner and that you are in need of a Savior and believe that God sent His very Son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth to be the sacrifice for our sins and that He died for our sins and He arose on the third day. And then if you would confess Him as your Lord and Savior, you can be saved. You must believe this with all your heart and you must be willing to serve Him. If you are, all you have to do is talk with Jesus. You don't need a preacher. You don't need a church to get saved. But if you get saved, find yourself a Bible-believing church. And I believe God will richly bless you.